Hello, podcast listeners. This is the Brendan Brown's Collections of Facts and Theories podcast show. Or should I say, it's called the Brendan Brown's Collections of Facts and Theories News podcast, since I changed the name of it. Um, today, we are just going to read the first page of Mystery of the Manger. This is one out of the three open three-parters for my premiere week for my podcast show that I'm premiering for season four. This is the second episode, and yesterday you heard the first episode of me doing my Spider-Man review. I hope you enjoy this episode, and let's move on to the next segment. Okay, Mystery of the Manger, Exploring the Whole Story of Christmas by John Grego. Chapter 1. Bits of Christmas Candy. One Bits of Christmas Candy. I mean, chapter 1, excuse me, Bits of Christmas Candy. One Christmas, many years ago, my sister Carrie and I attempted a gingerbread house. Neither of us had either ever made one before, and we assumed it would be an easy and fun project to get us in the Christmas mood. After it was too late, we found that assembling a house of gingerbread and candy was only slightly less complicated and labor-intense than constructing a real house, and we discovered that we covered, we were about us, we were about as qualified to work in the mediums of sweet and cookie as we were to build with concrete and lumber. Excuse me for how I read just now. It's just that this wording is just very weird. And I had to turn on the light to just see everything more clear. Because I have the light on. I just needed extra more lights. <laughs> okay. In the end, our gingerbread house was more of a gingerbread hovel. The kind of place that gingerbread zoning boards would come down. And even the most. In Persian, gingerbread citizens would look down upon. Excuse me. It was actually this. This, and even the most improvised gingerbread citizens would look down upon. It was quite sad, but there is something wonderful about even the most poorly built gingerbread house. It's still made of cookies and candy. Our project may have been a failure, but the pieces were delicious. May have... Excuse me, podcast listeners. I I really just can't understand what this thing is reading. Because literally I was just practicing many, many times, many, many times. But we all make mistakes. So let's just move on. Our project may have been a failure, but the pieces were delicious when it comes to gingerbread houses. The parts can be greater than the whole. A good story works this way too. A master storyteller is able to weave elements and characters together to exchange his audience. The completed narrative itself, beautiful and rich, but each title has a way of giving even more to the reader. Because of his of this depth, 
The best stories can be enjoyed on multiple levels. The whole meal can be consumed quickly with all the ingredients being tasted together, or the elements can be savored. Slowly and individually reveal nonsenses that might be missed when mixed with other flavors. My favorite stories are those in which de- the details, excuse me, the ingredients can, at times, deliver something new. When we come to Christmas story in the Bible, the scenes are familiar, so familiar that many of us can no longer see the elements that make it such a great story. It's like a gingerbread house that we've all forgotten is made of candy. We enjoyed it on one level, that of beautiful and meaningful account of the Savior's birth, but we miss it on all the others. There is more to be enjoyed in the story of First Christmas. If we'll stop, break off a piece, and chew on it for a while, the readings on that pages that follow are an attempt to help us do just that. Okay, so we're moving on to chapter two, but again, how I said it, I have it's nine pages per each page in this book, so it's 19, or I believe, maybe even 29 altogether. So that's why I say I'm going to read the first nine pages, and then I'll read the second nine pages on the next episode and so forth. But let's continue on reading. I'm on page seven. Two, shepherds and wise men, Egypt and Nerisai, excuse me, Nazareth, when I was, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Chapter two, shepherds and wise men, and Egypt and Nazareth. When I was a sophomore in college, my friend Jeb and I were driving back to school from a semester break. When we got caught in a terrible snowstorm on Massachusetts Turnpike, very quickly the roads turned treacherous and the visibility grew poor. By the time the weather and the visibility grew poor, by the time the weather got really bad, we were too far from home to turn back and afraid that if we stopped, we might get stuck. In a moment, it made more sense for us to continue on our trip, even if we're moving at a snail's pace. Before long, I could see the limits of the road only by the guardrails on either side of the highway. And I was doing my best to keep my car's tires in in the tracks left by the 18-wheeler in front of us. Eventually, though, the weather won. My small Volkswagen slid and spun and went off the road in one of the few places for miles without guardrails. Actually, we made our unplanned stop in a small ditch just in front of the rest stop, the only one for an hour in either direction. Given our limit traveling speed, we had to wait until the next morning for a tow truck to help us get back on our way. But Jeb and I were both thankful to be out of the storm safe and warm. I share this story to illustrate the grace of God giving guard rails. 
they can help us stay on the road. Not only by providing us with visual markers as guidance, but also by giving us a gentle nudge if we begin to skid into danger. Without them, we might end up stranded on the side of the road and waiting for a tow truck. The nativity narratives in Matthew and Luke are like guardrails for careful Bible reading. Though the two evangelists shared their own thoughtful accounts of Jesus' birth, the Holy Spirit inspired both men. Therefore, it just won't do to give preferential treatment to one version of the story over the other, as if to say, for example, that the nativity narratives in Matthew and Luke are like guardrails for careful Bible reading. Do the two evangelists share their own doubtful accounts of Jesus' birth? The Holy Spirit inspired both men. Luke got the details right, but Matthew was mistaken. Both got the story right, so their accounts should fit together without sacrificing bits of one or the other. It seems that Matthew and Luke wrote independently of one another, but a harmony of their unique Christmas stories is still possible and even necessary. For if one section of scripture cannot be reconciled, reconciled with any other, we must conclude or concede that the Bible is like a house divided against itself, unable to stand, Mark 3.25. The Holy Spirit has the divine author made no mistake when guiding the minds and pens of his evangelists. We can be confident that even in places where it may seem nearly impossible to put our two stories together, our puzzle has a solution. While there is a fair amount of unique material in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the amount of material they have in common is astounding. About 91% of Mark is found in Matthew, and Luke contains 53% of Mark. What follows is merely one person's attempt at putting the pieces together. It is certainly not the only way to understand the story of Jesus' birth, but my hope is that as we walk together through the first Christmas, wholly leaning on the shoulders of both Matthew and Luke, we will gain a deeper appreciation for both narratives and, more importantly, a greater joy in knowing more of what God has accomplished through the birth of his Son. So basically, that's it, podcast listeners. As I say, I will read. I have read the first nine pages. Tomorrow's episode will, will be out on Wednesday. I will read the second half of the um, nine pages, and then I'll read the last nine pages on Thursday. And then we'll have my bonus episode that I release on Thursday, also with the review of this whole three-parter for this book called Mystery of the Manger. I really enjoy this book. Um, I hope you learned something from it. And mainly just to do a little brief recap and review to you guys and gals, I just want to tell you that this book is just basically talking about and explaining about Jesus' birth because Jesus' birth is the first Christmas, and that's why we celebrate Christmas because Jesus is the reason for the season. And many people forget that when you celebrate Christmas, it's not all about gifts, but it's about Jesus and how the Holy Spirit came in through man because Jesus came and died on the cross and walked on the earth and was pulled to heaven and came back to the earth as a spirit 
to praise, to tell everyone to praise God. So it's a really touching story. I really enjoy it. And I really can't wait to read these next two parts because to be honest, I'm actually starting to like this book like how I did before when I first saw it. Alrighty, guys, let's go to the next segment. All right, so we're in the in conclusion. So to conclude this podcast episode, I just want to tell you guys that I forgot to pray when I was doing this. I will pray on the next episode and the other episode after that. Um, Again, this is the second episode of season four. I'm very hyped and very excited. And again, if you heard from yesterday's episode, I did had change of plans and wasn't going to do Bible time with Brendan. So yeah, that's altered. That's Mortal Kombat now. And you already know the rest. If you listened to last um yesterday's episode, you'll know more about that episode. But yeah, guys and gals, very excited. I was very happy to do this and um hope all you guys and gals enjoyed this episode and have a blessed night. God bless you and Merry Christmas. <laughs>